All right. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into this. And um, if you're a first-time visitor, um, we have something called the 12 Pillars of Destiny, which they'll put up on the screen um, in just a moment. And uh, these are 12 topics that we teach throughout the year. Um, the entire Bible fits into these 12, what we call foundation stones, um, 12 pillars of indestructible destiny. They are prayer, word, faith, healing, prosperity, wisdom, success, the Holy Spirit, consecration or holiness, which was last month, the supernatural, which is this month, and then praise and then vision will always be the month of December unless the Holy Spirit says something different. Vision is always in the month of December because you're going into the new year. We need to talk about those things. I got that. So this month is the supernatural. And... Uh, and so we teach one of these every month um, and we come back around every year, teach it from a different angle or on a higher level. Um, the supernatural, if you remove the supernatural, there will not be a Bible. Um, I'm going to explain to you um, the supernatural, how the Holy Ghost explained it to me. Try to do the best that I can. This is one of those messages that I'm nervous because I always, I'm like, Lord, give me your grace, your mercy, your everything, because this is when I can mess up if I'm not careful. So I'm going to talk slow like a classroom because the supernatural is not quite what you think it is. Um, I will say that all of you are born to be supernatural. That's why there's always a desire and an interest in the supernatural. Um, that is the reason why if the church does not teach the truth and not just teach it, but operate in it, people will then gladly and easily go to the dark side for the supernatural because you are born. You are actually a supernatural being that lives in a mundane physical machine. Okay. And so when you get over into looking at other religions, they, you know, you see diagrams that they draw and, and lights and all of that stuff is beyond real. And, and the crazy part is the majority of the body of Christ think it's cultish. They use it in a cultish way. But what they show you is actually a lower level than what the body of Christ is supposed to walk in. How many know we walk in the supernatural? We walk in the supernatural so much now, it's like it's just normal. You know, just people send us testimonies like, you know crazy testimonies. We're like, oh, wonderful. We go right directly. We do it because it's supposed to be normal. So, so the Lord wants you to be able to pull from that realm. And right now people think it's hard. So because we're on the subject for the whole month, you know that all type of stuff on this particular subject might pop up, creep up, sneak in. So as we teach this, there'll be certain things that we will uh, just point out from time to time. Okay. So, so uh, this you know, we don't do sermons here. We teach so you can understand. So I, I, I want you to pay attention because I might share some things that you've never heard before that might even make you uncomfortable, okay? Particularly depending on where you came from. Remember this. We live in two worlds at the same time, okay? We live in two worlds at the same time. One is a natural world that you can see. The other one is called the supernatural world that you can't see or the spirit world or the spirit realm. Some people call it the invisible realm. It is not invisible. You're blind. It is not an invisible realm. You just can't see it. There's a difference, and I'll explain that. Say, so you live in two worlds at the same time, the natural world and the supernatural world. And the reason why the Holy Spirit is having me explain it this way, he's trying to get you to understand 
the um, the void between you asking God to do something for you and it not showing up. Because y'all, how many of y'all like me? You read the Bible and it's like, okay, y'all were doing crazy stuff all day long. You raised the dead and watch this. And then walking on water. And instead of going to the grocery store, which is common sense, you then multiplying fish and loaves and casting out a demon. Then you disappear to another realm and, and all this. Stuff. And this is, this is not one scripture in the Bible. You're reading this in every chapter. From the Old Testament to the New, you see men running, out running horses. You see a man chopping down a tree and the axe head flew off and then he threw a branch on the water and the axe head came up all by itself like Superman, you know, and, and you see all type of crazy stuff. A woman goes borrow pots from everybody and the little bit of oil that she does, it keeps multiplying as long as she keeps pouring in the pots. Then she gets out of debt in one day and it was so money that her and her kids could live off of it for the rest of their life. You understand? I can't be reading that type of stuff. And then Jesus is talking about all things are possible. No, something is wrong someplace. And this is what most people do. Most people try it, and when it doesn't work, they then say, oh, it doesn't work. No, when you try it and it doesn't work, you must assume correctly that you did something wrong. So, Lord, I did it and it didn't work, so would you show me what I did wrong? There's one question that I asked God. I said, Lord, can you show me why this is not happening? He didn't tell me this until later. He answered the prayer by sending someone else to the church to do it. Because my mentality was too small to receive the instruction. The Lord is always going to answer your prayer, but he's not going to answer it the way you think he's going to answer it. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, so, hey, and, you know, if, if you're a first-time visitor, don't get offended because we don't play politics up in here. We allow people to have their own different opinions, as you know. You know, as so as you know, I do support the president of the United States, you know, but, but I was thinking, well, maybe he was allowed to get the virus so he could shut up. Amen. See, when you, when you, see, how many of you know we had prayed, Lord, please shut the president's mouth? Well, we're not praying that. But guess what you think? Oh, Jesus is going to walk into his living room while he's writing a law. And Donald Trump thus said, the Lord, I need you to, uh, to hush. And, and the Holy Ghost is going to activate and control. No, sometimes the Lord will put you in a position where you can't talk. Because you're about to mess stuff up. And he has done that to us. Oh, man. He doesn't do it to me a whole lot. Because I'm up front asking the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be sat down. I don't want to be, you know, retired, sent on a long vacation someplace. I'm one of the ones, I need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Because I don't like crashing. There are some people that they like running into that wall. Now, some of y'all know crazy people like that. Okay, so we live in two worlds at the same time. One natural. And I'm going to do it this way. One is supernatural. I'm doing it this way for a reason. Hey. The lower world, what we call the natural world, came from the higher world that we call the supernatural world. Y'all got me? Okay? So the lower world came from the higher world. This natural world was created by this supernatural world. Both are natural worlds. I want you to get that. This one is natural. This one is natural. But because this one has a higher level of the natural, we attach super to the natural. 
but it's still natural. So I'm trying to get you to what the Holy Ghost is trying to do is get you out of this thing of thinking it's abnormal to ask God for big things that you think are impossible. Because for them, that's natural. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, we, so anything that's different, you attach a different name to it. And we'll get to it in a second. So, so you know, I'm a man, but then you have Clark Kent that was a superman. He was still a man, but because he was a higher level man and the things that he did were natural for him on that level. You would call it abnormal, but on his level, that is normal. Okay, you would call it super, but for him, that's natural. But because it's different and it's on a higher level, how many of you know, it's not like he tapped into this every once in a while. Superman could do what he wanted to do at every single second of the day. Why? Because on that level, that was natural. But because it was a higher level of the natural, we attached super to it. Y'all got that? Yes. Trying to help y'all understand. Okay. So, so this lower world, which is natural, was created from this higher world, which is natural. This natural world, which is natural, was created from this other natural world, which is supernatural. It's super because it's bigger and higher than this form of nature. But both are forms of nature. Y'all got what I'm saying? I'm going to explain it as we go along. Okay? This world can be seen. This one can be seen, but not as long as you are blind. So it is incorrect to say that this world is invisible. It's not. Your spiritual eyes are always closed. And I'll prove it to you. I'm doing a better job than I thought I would do. That's why it's important to ask God for grace and mercy and wisdom. She did it in a song. Move out the way. Amen. That's not exactly what she said, but y'all got the point, you know. <laughs> Second Corinthians 6, 12 through 18. Let me give you the backdrop. There was a king who was warring against Israel. And so Israel had a prophet that tapped into the supernatural wisdom of God. Because with, how many of you know, it's natural for you to only know this moment. But it's supernatural for you to know the future. But in the kingdom, it's natural for you to know the future. But because it's not natural for you to know the future down here, when somebody knows the future, you call it supernatural. It's actually natural, but that level of natural operates on a different level of natural than down here. Y'all got what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you can tap into that, that will become normal and natural for you to know the future. So this, this prophet, he kept tapping into the higher realm. And in the higher realm, it's natural for you to know everything. And so every time that enemy would attack, he would know where they were coming. So he would warn Israel, hey, don't go down uh, east-west connector because Goliath is waiting for you um, at the end of the road. And so the king was like, do we got a spy in our camp? They said, because every place we go, they, they know when we're coming. And they said, no, they got this dude over there that's tapped into the supernatural. And so God, and they said, he taps into it so naturally that said, they said, he even hears what you say in your bedroom. King was like, what? So he said, okay, we got to go kill this man. So he sent an army after him. Okay. So we'll pick up with the story. It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elijah, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. 
And the report came back, Elijah's in Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. They sent a whole army after one man. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Then Elijah simply said, don't be afraid. How many of you know? See, it's normal to be afraid on this lower realm. But on that high realm, it's natural to be unafraid. <laughs> so if you're unafraid down here, they call you abnormal. That's unnatural. No, uh, it's very natural for me to be unafraid when I'm living on the super realm, not the natural realm. Y'all got what I'm saying? Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then here you go right here to prove that the realm is not invisible. Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. So the problem is that the boy was blind. His spiritual eyes couldn't see that realm because they were closed. Not that it was invisible. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed a simple prayer. Lord, make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. <laughs> it's a crazy story. <laughs> so, so watch this. For those that were blind to that realm, when they saw an entire army go blind, they would have blamed it on some type of plague. But for those that could see that realm, no, it was an army that actually struck them with blindness. See? And so that's what it means by when the scripture says strange things like it says, don't make decisions by what you see. Make decisions by what you can't see. Well, how can I see it if it can't be seen? You have to ask the Lord to open up your eyes. That's why for some, for some reason when you're in this physical realm, this lower realm, this natural realm, they allow you to be spiritually blind. Your spiritual mind still works. That's why you know things about people before you see it. You know things about, how many you know, your child can be on the other side of the planet acting a fool and you know. You sense when something is wrong about another individual. You can't see it, but you can sense it because all of the, because you have natural faculties, natural hands, but you have spiritual hands. You have natural eyes and you have spiritual eyes, which are closed. You have natural sense of smell, but you also have supernatural sense of smell. Okay. And so there are a lot of people that they have that sense and they have giftings in that area, but because the church calls them strange, they won't say it. They tell us because we don't think it's strange. Okay. So I, I know just, I was just talking to somebody last week. And, and they were talking about, oh, this person came out of great darkness. And, and I've met two people who have said that um, when, when there is an unclean spirit around, they can smell it. Oh, yeah, my wife has that gift. You know, we were dealing with something, and she had to walk out the room because it smells so bad. I don't smell nothing except for food. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's not strange. It's so funny. We watch superhero movies, you know, uh, like the X-Men who have all of those weird and strange gifts and work together with those strange gifts. But then in the body of Christ, the Bible says we all have gifts, but then we separate each other. Ooh, no, you can smell the devil. I don't want to be around her. Well, maybe because you're the devil. I mean, I worked with a security guard right before I opened up this church. It wasn't right before. I worked with a guy. I was a young kid, and when he sensed that I wasn't crazy, 
um, or I was crazy, depending on how you look at it, you know. He said, man, he was a young kid. He was a Christian. And he said, man, he said, I know you living right. I said, how do you know you just met me? He said, because I don't smell that smell. You know, somebody talking like that, you're like, okay, man, I just started the job and I'm running into crazy. Come on, man, can I just get a weekend first? He said, no, man. He said, the Lord gave me this gifting. He said, it doesn't work with sinners. He said, it works with Christians. He said, if a Christian is not living right, I can smell it. He said, the same way that you can smell perfume, he said, the person will give off a particular smell. Okay, how many know if somebody, if, how many know that when it comes to some homeless people, they give off a smell? Why? Unclean. See, well, some, well, when you get over in the sin, you become unclean and it has a smell. And if you have people that are connected into that realm, because no, y'all get my point. I want to get off track here. So you're blind, but I'm going to read to you the gifts of the spirit to help you understand the natural versus the spiritual realm. First Corinthians or sorry, second Corinthians, chapter 12, seven through 11 are Nine gifts of the spirit that the Holy Ghost spreads amongst us all. Every person in this room has two minimum. You may not operate in it because you have not been told that. It may not have activated yet because you have not received the gift of praying in tongues, which that can be done in any given moment. Okay. Um, it may be dormant. Or there are a lot of unbelievers that the gift is operating and it's driving them crazy because they can't understand why they're living in sin and still know the future. They can't understand why they're living in sin and they know things that they're not supposed to know. I can see it on the look of the face sometimes, particularly at Riverdale, at the Sunday location. You have people because people come out of great darkness at that location. And they sit in the audience and I know that look. They're like, they, they know certain things about me. And, and, and for some of them, it's a shocker because in their mind, all preachers are fake. When they see me, they know, oh, this ain't one of them fake ones. And they come up to me and they ask, they say, and once they see that I'm crazy or not, they say, can I ask you something? I say, yeah. Um, you're not going to judge me, are you? Could you ask the question? You know, and they're like, can you explain to me why I know things about people all the time? And they think they're crazy. I said, I don't know, that's completely normal. And I show them the Bible. I said, that's one of the gifts of the Spirit. You've already tapped into it because the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So there are some gifting. It'll still operate and, and you won't even know why. It's, you see that with superhero movies. You know, the kid can't figure out why they have these abilities and it's driving them crazy and they become isolated and don't even know that the gifting is meant to save people. So let's read them. It says the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit. So God gives you gifts so that you can advance faster and profit. There's nothing that God gives you, even a rebuke or a chastisement, that does not have profit behind it. And in, in, in this realm, it's natural to subtract. In that realm, it's only natural to multiply. They don't even really believe in addition in the heavenly realm. That's why you see all the Bible. He said, I will multiply you exceeding. You'll never see something. How many times you read in the Bible, God said, I'll add to you. He said, I will multiply. Addition is too slow. Addition is for the lower realm. Multiplication is for the higher realm. And y'all are part of both realms. And since this realm came out of that one, since this one is controlled by that one, this one exists because of that one, then as long as you tap into that one, you can override this one. Something happened to my wife yesterday. 
I mean, these giftings it has something to do with business, so I don't want to get into the details. But these giftings, she just minded her own business, cooking in the kitchen. And then that thing kicked in and gave her inside information about a conversation with two individuals. So she left the kitchen and made a phone call. And sure enough, see, 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 but you call that abnormal, not in the heavenly realm. Y'all, and y'all read that scripture that says you have an anointing from above and you know all things. And until you start confessing that, I know everything. But see, down here in the lower realm, it's abnormal. It's not natural for you to tell people that you know everything. But when you tapped into the supernatural realm, where it's naturally, it's natural for you to know everything in that realm. And if you don't start tapping, but, but it, you got to tap into it. If you don't believe that about yourself, well, you know. I got a GED. Show me in the Bible where it said that that only works if you got a GED. Sometimes what will mess you up is your degree. Because they teach you this stuff, you know, and it's the most of the stuff that you go. I'm, look, I'm, you better than me. I'm not going to get no doctorate. That's just I'm not doing that. Holy Ghost is going to have to come down with 20,000 angels on a personal email singing my favorite song with some signs and wonders and, uh, because I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. I just because, because there's a difference between being educated versus having a degree. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all know good and well I'm not against education. Okay? But you have to be careful because sometimes people stop. Sometimes people are good at memorizing information. So some people got a photographic memory. You know, and you go to school, some of y'all ran into him at the medical office. You went to school for eight years, doctor, to tell me this mess. I know a lady that she, she was, had a case, and, and the lawyer was messing it up so bad, and he said, we're going to lose. So she had to let him go, so she represented herself and then won. <laughs> y'all, don't be impressed with people because of their degrees, their titles, their business, their church, their money. Don't be impressed by people. You know why? Because when you have the Holy Spirit, it makes you an expert above everybody at any given moment. I don't care if you, I don't care if you speak the King English or Ebonics is your second language. It does not matter. Speaking well is not a sign of intelligence. I'm doing pretty good, I think. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So guess what? Down here, word of wisdom is when the Holy Ghost kicks on or your gifting kicks on and you know supernaturally about a person's possible present or future. That's why you hear it on uh, there are certain titles that that gifting comes with automatically. As a pastor, word of knowledge and word of wisdom is an automatic deposit for that. Prophets automatically operate in word of knowledge and word of wisdom because we reveal the future, the past, and the present for your advancement. So how many times have you heard Lisa or others get up and say, you know, in two months this is going to happen, and we're sitting there with our clock, and, and then boom, in two months it exactly happens just like that, okay? That's word of wisdom. How many you know down here... That's unnatural. Down here, it's natural for you to not know certain things about a person's future. But in the kingdom of God, that's very natural. So if you tap into it, you'll have the ability to know the person's future. 
Okay. Oh, Lord, I haven't got on my sermon. It says, another is given the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gift of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Some people say they have the spirit of discernment. All they did was tell you that they're nosy. They don't have no spirit. It's no such thing as the spirit of discernment. How many know we can all discern? Walk into a bakery. Mm, that stinks. I'm going to go next door. That's the spirit of discernment. It's called the discerning of spirits. Another way to, to say it is, it is uh, when God opens up your spiritual eyes and you can see that realm. And the people who the Lord does that with, they don't like to tell you because when you see that around one time, you'll freak out, good or bad. Then you have the discerning of spirits will give you the ability to know. So a lot of times when we are, it's amazing to see the gifts of the spirit when we're casting unclean spirits out of people. Because I got to help you understand this. You got a person that the spirit has been there since they were three. Now they're uh, 42. And so now you got to sit there in front of this individual. And now you don't know the individual. You don't know their path past. You don't know everything that they did to open up the door is usually generational because of what their parents and grandparents did. And then the spirit or spirits that are in them, they've been around for billions of years and they know more than you. So you can't cast demons out like that in the natural. You have to tap into the gifts of the spirit. You first start with the name of Jesus and then they activate. And it's amazing in those sessions, the Holy Spirit will say, do this. The Holy Spirit will say, um, ask the person about this. We would have never thought that up in a million years. Your education can't train you for that. Only the gifts that allow you to tap into the super realm where all things are no past, present, and future. And then it will give you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits will kick in to give you instant information all for your profit. Y'all got that? All right. Whoo, Jesus. So there are two modes of the supernatural. We're going to look at the evil and wicked first. Exodus chapter 7. When it comes to the wicked and sinful, they can tap into the supernatural side and can operate in power, but it is limited. When the supernatural is explained, they explain it like it's two different worlds or it's two different engines or two different stores when it's not it's the same store you both tap into it and but how you tap into it will determine if it becomes perverted and how you tap into it will determine how far you can go witches and warlocks are tapping into some of the same powers that we are some not all now they can't tap into the heavenly powers uh, but they but there are other powers than besides just the ones that come directly from heaven there is something called a life force when you see the Chinese trying to g gather up chi, it's because they're trying to tap into that. That stuff is very, very real. Um, but that's why Jesus said, remember when Jesus said, I am the door, and any man that climbs up another way is a thief and a robber? There are some people that they won't go through me. That's the safety net. They, they, it's, how many of you know? See, well, I can't really say this today, but back when I was a kid, people would steal cable. Oh, Lord, there was too many mm-hmms. There might be some candidates of baptism in here that did the same thing. You didn't have that money, so you illegally tapped into. You did it wrong. Your neighbor did it right, but both of y'all watched the same movie. 
right? Okay. But because you did it wrong, you know, there were some electrical issues that your house could possibly burn down and wires running. Y'all know what I'm saying? And this has happened to your house and, 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 and you could get penalized and even get, you know, cited and go to court. That's what happens when you do it the wrong way. You can still get it done, but if you do it the wrong way, you open yourself up to trouble. And you're stealing. That's why Jesus said, he that climbs up another way is a thief and robber. He didn't say they couldn't climb. So let's look at, so let's look at this to give you an example of this. Y'all remember Moses. So you know the story of Moses. He was sent to free the children of Israel. And the Lord said, well, you're going to have to put on a, a show for Pharaoh. You're going to have to give him some signs and wonders. So let's look at what happened here. It says in Exodus 7, 8, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand, show me a miracle. I'm talking about letting three million people go that I had for 400 years. When he does this, say to Aaron, take out your staff and throw it in front of Pharaoh, and it will become a serpent. Let me heighten up my light here. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Power of God. But then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and sorcerers, and these Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. And that was a sign right there that, okay, seems like you can tap into some things like I can. But this is a sign in the beginning that you're going to lose. So, so Moses threw down the rod and it turned into a snake. And, and see, and here's the difference between doing it the supernatural the right way and the wrong way. When you do it the right way, it's simple. You just obey commands and tap into it by faith and say a prayer. Okay, but when you do it the wrong way, now you got to have some potions and you got to have some potions and some hocus pocus. And, and, you know, I need the tail of a lizard and a special leaf that comes on the back hill of Tibet, you know, and make sure you bring a, f- a feather. And we got to have a book and we got to do all these incantations. See, so it'll work, but you got to go through all of that drama to tap into the supernatural. That's why I said they did it through magic. And magic is not false. It is very real. Magic is not really what they call it. It's just simply formulas that allow you to illegally tap into the supernatural. So that didn't work. So they went to the next one, Exodus 7.20. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded, and Pharaoh and all of his officials watched. Aaron raised his staff and struck the water of the Nile. Suddenly the whole river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the water became so foul that the Egyptians couldn't drink it. There was blood everywhere throughout the land of Egypt. But again, the magicians of Egypt used their magic, and they too turned water into blood. So Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord predicted. And this is where the church is right now. She can't do what the dark side can do. Therefore, some of the leaders of the dark side ain't impressed with the church because you have not shown them any greater than what they can already do (laughs) till they come here. I wish I could have been here that Wednesday night when that wizard showed up. Right over there. And he came in here. He was trying to intimidate. And he came in here trying to show me all his abilities. He was just doing crazy stuff. You know, he would, he, the last thing he wanted to do is he wanted to show me that he could leave his body right in front of me and come right back. And he was sitting right there. He was like, I'm, and then he looked at me. And I was just like, 
supposed to give you an offering or something? I'm supposed to faint? I'm not impressed. Remember that demon you was casting out? And he said, you want to see a magic trick? I was like, no, I don't want to see no magic trick. If I want to see a magic trick, I'll go see. What's that guy? Thank you. That's a good one. And so it's just, it's just, and, and so they try to intimidate. And so you see this intimidation back and forth. We can do what you can do. So why should we be impressed with your command? Exodus chapter eight, the next one. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, raise the staff. Now you understand why you got to hold your ground, folk, and quit going by what it looks like. Sometimes you say it the first time, it may not change. You may pray it the first time, you may not see. You got to hold your ground. And not break. The dark, got to remember this. Anything that's in the category of darkness, which would be sickness and disease, which would be poverty, which would be confusion, which would be relationships that are broken, which would be fear. All of those are in the category of an enemy and an enemy never obeys the first time. They don't respect your title. They don't respect your degrees. They don't respect your color. They don't respect your gender. They only respect power that won't yield. I'm going to keep shooting till you break. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt. Bring up frogs all over the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt. Frogs came up, covered the land, whole land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Why? Because both guys are tapping into the same source. But one is doing it illegally, and the one is doing it the right way. Y'all got me. But let's look at where it stopped. Exodus 8. So they went to the next miracle. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. When Aaron raised his hand and struck the ground with his staff, gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt turned into gnats. Pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts. That's another cold word. Because in order to tap into that realm, it's so wicked what you got to do. You got to keep it a secret. That's why the dark side always needs innocent blood. That's why the dark side always needs to kidnap children. Because in this month, the kidnapping children of children shoots up because the greatest blood sacrifices are given. They will, they will kidnap the child. They will kill the child. And then they will drink the child's blood. And we've had a couple of cases where that actually happened with some people that we were trying to rescue. And it's, it's very wicked what these individuals do because that's something else that's mysterious about the super realm, the supernatural, blood is required. That's very mysterious. But in order to tap into that realm and maximize it, whether you're on the good side or the bad side, blood is required. So that's why Jesus had to shed his blood so that you could operate in the highest level of power. And that's, when, and that's when he said, and in order to keep that going, he said, communion will be my blood. So the dark side understands that about that realm. Well, we also need innocent blood. That's why they don't want, they don't want blood of old people. They ain't kidnapping the old people. They're kidnapping young kids because they know the younger the child is, the more innocent the blood is. And they know if they shed that blood. And remember what Jesus said? He said, when you take communion, it's drinking my blood. That's why they drink it. It's, a, it's, an, it's the secret, it's the false, it's the climb up another way to empower ourselves with wickedness and darkness, and that's why they do that, to empower themselves. And you can, drink, you can uh, blink the, uh, drink the blood of the whole animal kingdom, you still gonna need some more to come. See, that's the wonderful thing about being in Jesus Christ. 
the right way. And, you know, like we tell the devils all the time, you're going to need, you're going to have to find some aliens in another dimension if you think you're going to bring this house down. Okay. And then that's covered everyone. People and animals alike. The magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts, but they failed. And listen what they said. Okay, we give, uncle, we can't go any further because this is the finger of God. The magicians told Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's heart still remained hard. He wouldn't listen to them just as the Lord had predicted. So this is what I mean by you can tap into the supernatural on the dark side, but eventually you will not be allowed to go further. You are only allowed to go so far because you can only go so far when you do it wrong. You understand what I'm saying? And so, but unfortunately, you can tap into it. And it'll seem like they're high if you go to a place that doesn't operate at all. That's why, that's why so more, and that's why witches keep rolling up in here because, yeah, let me tell you something. There have been some that they have made it, they have made it clear. Let me tell you something. If a pastor is not right, and if he is not called, this could possibly happen. But if he is not right, if he is not clean, if he is not practicing holiness, and if he is not embraced the powers of the world to come, a, witch, a real witch can shut your ministry down. And that's happened. When you hear pastors die, sometimes that was witchcraft. And witches who come to the other side, once they realize you ain't going to try to put them in jail, they will tell you, yeah, they said, you know, one lady, she said, I just went to the church and I didn't like what the pastor told me. She said, I put a curse on him. And she said, we can time the curse to the day and they die on that particular day, a particular way. You know, so, so, and they've tried that here. They've tried that here several times. And you can tell. I mean, there are times we come to the church, this one, another location, and, and there'll be a dead pigeon or a dead bird right on the steps. It was placed there. That's somebody trying to, because they, they, they because a, a real witch can kill you if you're not right. And sometimes, and, and, and a real witch knows who can, they can attack and who they can't. And if they see you, they, they don't see you as a human being. They, they will tell you, one, or one person said, you will be the, one of a guy that was like one of the highest ranking witches in Africa. He said, when we see real believers on the street, we will see you three different ways. He said, you will either be a ball of fire. That's why I, you ever been to the grocery store and you look up and someone, they just happened to me the other day. Well, uh, Jerick and I were getting some supplies for something. And every time I looked up, this lady was just mean mugging me. You know, so I look down everything, and I, you know, maybe she looking behind me. I look up, no, I'm gonna do this one more time, and I'll look up again. And that lady was looking at me like, mm, 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 because some of them get mad because they recognize you're one of the ones that can't be destroyed. So he said, you will either be a ball of fire out in public, they said, or you will be surrounded by a wall of fire. And then my fervent one, I had never heard this before. They said, or you will be at Walmart in front of the vegetable section. And they said, but when we approach you, you will be standing in a pool of blood, which we know is the blood of Christ. And so there's a mark on you that says untouchable. And, and witchcraft is very arrogant because witchcraft is about rebellion and control. It's about controlling people to do what I want you to do. But you represent one of them ones that if I put it on you, it's going to bounce back on me. And because I'm so arrogant and I've actually taken upon the nature of a pimp and, and a tyrant, I, I'm mad at you now because I can't control you. I'm mad at you because you're untouchable. I'm mad and I got an attitude, so you got to get used to that. So y'all see that. Okay. When it comes to the good side, 
Let's get ready to close this. Comes to the good side. Supernatural is unlimited. Everyone say unlimited. So that's why you have scriptures, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. There goes the formula. He didn't do anything you asked me to do. It's just according to the power that I gave you. Got to sit up here and get no special book of poems and, and witchcraft rituals and pulling leaves off of trees and getting a bunny rabbit's foot. Ain't nobody got time for that. Romans 8.32, for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. See, in the lower realm, it's natural for you to think that you can't get everything. But in the supernatural realm, the higher realm, it's normal and natural to understand that you're supposed to get everything. In the lower realm, you can only get some. In the higher realm, you get all. In the lower realm, you only get what you work for. In the higher realm, you get what God provided. That's why he said, now, to get you to understand how the higher realm is, is, is operating, we gave you the best thing up here, Jesus. So why wouldn't we give you anything else that you ask asking for in the lower realm? Why do you think you have a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ? Because in the natural realm, it's normal for us to give you everything, even though you didn't create it and you didn't work for it. It's crazy. You're going to rule and reign with Christ. He already won this stuff, and then he's going to just put you in charge. Yeah, that's what's so, and so the Holy Spirit is trying to do this message because his exact words were, he needs your asking to come up. His exact words were, you ask too low. Because you think it's abnormal and unnatural to ask for big things. Because down here, you ask based on your education. Down here, you ask if you can afford it. Down here, you ask based on if you had good behavior. Because down here, it's normal for me to be mad at you for a little while and not trust you if you did me wrong. But up there, if you did us wrong and you asked for forgiveness, it's natural for us to wipe it away and treat you like you never did it. So if you ask down here, up, if you ask for us for stuff up here based on the mentality down there, you might not get it. So faith is just really simply, you know, the Lord, Holy Spirit gave me a new definition of faith. Faith is just simply asking God for things that up there are natural. Down here, watch this. Down here, I'm talking about, we're talking about how people talk. Down here, it's natural for you to get sick sometimes. You know what I'm saying? That's what people say. That it's natural for you to get sick. Oh, you know, nobody, no, nobody goes into quarantine because you showed up with the flu. You know, before all of this stuff showed up, you could sneeze and, and you say, oh, I just had a cold. And, and nobody goes into an emergency status and starts a 24-hour prayer chain and, and all of that type of stuff. Why? Because it's natural for you to get sick every once in a while. But in heaven, that's not natural. In heaven, it's natural for you to never get sick. So when you tap into heaven for a healing, they just simply give you what is natural. But you think to ask God for healing, it's like this big to do. Well, no, no, that's just natural. So you got to learn how to exercise your faith in what is natural. You don't have to conjure it up. Lord, give me this. They don't have to create no, they ain't got to go look for it in another part of the universe and create some special engines. They will give it to you freely, but that's why it requires faith. Okay? 
You got to build yourself up in faith. Sometimes you think you're in faith, but you're not. You got to build yourself up until you know. There's a difference between believing and knowing. You can believe something and there's still doubt there. When you know something, there is no doubt. So you have to continue in the word in John 8, 31, until you come to the place where you know the truth. And when you know it, it says it'll free you up from the lower realm. Because you tapped into the higher realm. See, in the lower realm, um, nobody thinks it's strange because you're in debt. But in the heavenly realm, they don't understand that because that's completely unnatural. And they say when you give your life to Christ, you become part of the heavenly realm. So you're a part of that realm. It's the embassy. Again, we are an embassy. Oh, God, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. I'm going to give you this again. The United States has an embassy in Afghanistan. If you, now, I'm going to use this for example. So you can use that to explain a lower country versus a higher country. They have an embassy in Afghanistan. Well, guess what? In Afghanistan, it's natural for you to just have to go to the local library to learn information. That's normal. That's natural. But in the higher country, it's normal and natural for you to just punch it in on your phone and it comes instantaneously. So for those that live in Afghanistan, they might call that super. When actually for us, it's natural. Y'all got that? See, and so, so, so when we are over there in Afghanistan, we're living off of the natural realm that we came from. We're in a lower realm. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That has things that happen naturally a particular way, but we're in a higher realm. So that's what it means by when the scripture says that you're our ambassadors, you're in another country. So every church is like that. You are a member of heaven. And so if you can learn how to perpetually live off of that, it requires your focus, your faith, your confession, and quit listening to what these crazy people say around you. So that's why they'll say, why would God pay your house off? You know why? Because down here, it's not natural for you to just ask somebody to pay your house. Watch this. Down here, it's natural for you to ask for a few hundred dollars off the car that you buy. But up there, it's natural for them to just give it to you. Yeah. And, so, and so you won't ask because you think God is going to give it to you based on the laws of this realm. And, and, then, and then your faith doesn't kick in because you don't really believe God will go that far because in your mind, it's a real big to-do for God to bless you with a car. When, when actually, that's called just normal stuff. We just always, if I gave you Jesus, why would I have a problem giving you a car? If I gave you Jesus, why would I not? Because down here, you're programmed to think that it's natural to make a mistake and then have to be penalized for it for the rest of your life. I should have never bought the car in the first place. So now down here, well, that's just your problem. We're not going to pay it off for you because it was a bad decision. You just stuck with the car note now. But in the heavenly realm, they said, not only we will forgive you, we will cleanse you from the ramification of what you did. But in your mind, you think God wants you to be penalized. And the woman that committed adultery in the scripture, I love that passage. Because the guy said, well, she committed a sin. So according to the law, she has to be judged and she has to be stoned. So Jesus, let me pause for a moment and come up with a deep answer for these fools. Oh, there it is. Any of you that have never sinned, pick up the first rock. You know what he was saying? You're right. But if you've never done anything wrong, you pick up the first one. And it says that the men left from the oldest to the youngest. You know why the oldest left first? Because they had more sins to think about. And it says it was just Jesus, perfection, with the woman. 
imperfection. And then he asked her one question. <laughs> to show you, I'm trying to have you understand, they don't think like you folk. He asked, this woman had messed up. He asked her one question. He said, nobody judge you? She said, no. He said, neither do I. Just don't do it again. And then walked off. Walked off. So, because this thing was, okay, you messed up. I forgive you. Ain't nothing else to talk about. Now I'll treat you like you never messed up. But in this room, if you mess up on your job, they're going to give you an oral warning and then they're going to watch you. And wait for you to make another mistake. They don't do that. And because of how men are, you think God is like men. But in the Bible, he told you, I'm not a man. I'm something else that can't be explained. And so that's why I help you understand. Now you help you understand, and not just the whole Bible, but you notice that Jesus was, if you notice that Jesus didn't do nothing normal. He didn't do anything natural. I mean, I mean, he didn't pray right. You know what I mean by that? We like to pray, get up early morning, do our early morning prayer for an hour. It doesn't say nothing about that. He say, I'm, I'll be back in a little while. He go to a mountain and pray for the entire night. Pray for 40 days in the wilderness with no food. I mean, it's just crazy. Walk on the water. Dude, you just could have waited until the ship came the next morning. You know what I'm saying? That's unnecessary. You can go to a party and turn water into wine so that the party can keep on going. You know how we think. They drink up all of the wine. Uh-uh, girl. If we give them some more wine, they're going to tear this place because Uncle Willie about to get drunk. Look at him. You're already over there trying to feel on that girl. Uh-uh, we ain't about to get no more wine up in this place. Uh-uh. Get some water. Get some juice. Get something. But see, you know why Jesus did that? Because down here, it's normal to exercise common sense. But up there is not. There is no common sense up there. It's just, did you ask and did you believe? It's not based on common sense. Common sense says, okay, people have been with you for three days with no food. Well, you should have told them to get something to eat. You the son of God, you know good and well these people are going to be famished. But that's also just, you know, something that the world was so good, they wouldn't eat or drink for three days. Pastors preaching, they blaming the members for not coming to church. They don't want to hear you. You don't want to hear yourself. You know what I'm saying? Just and, and, and you read and this happened multiple times, by the way. One time the disciples told Jesus, um, do you want us to go to town and just buy food for all these people? Stop right there. What y'all doing with enough money in the wilderness to feed 15, 20,000 people? See, but guess what? In your mind, it's common sense to spend it if you got it. They didn't say buy it if you got it. They said ask. They didn't say ask if you got it or not. They said ask. Because the kingdom of God operates on one principle. Give everything, whether it's common sense or not. You call that supernatural. They call that natural. Some of y'all can't wait to get up out of church and go home and come up with a whole list. <laughs> They're over here writing right now. They're like, oh, Lord Jesus. I'm getting ready to. Now, let me say you something. You know what's cool about God? You will ask him for things that you are not ready to receive. And as soon as you write it down, he'll put you in scenarios so that you can be ready. And you won't understand it. 
He'll put you in scenarios. That's why you can ask God for a thing and your situation gets worse because he's trying to get some stuff out of you to prepare what you asked for. You understand what I'm saying? This is the interaction between heaven and earth, not this stuff that you see out here. I don't know what this stuff is, okay, where, where I can't tell you how many people just tell us every week, man, I just don't understand. This guy is preaching and I'm just not getting it. And there's something wrong when a guy preaches something, you tell him you didn't get it and he blames it on you. A real teacher would say, oh, you didn't get it? Let me explain it further. So this is, let's, let's take our time here. That's what Jesus did. That's why when you look at what Jesus did, he was always telling stories. Okay? And sometimes he created a story and sometimes a real event. And when you read in the Bible, every time Jesus said a certain man, that was a real individual. But then he would say, as a man, that was a story he created, trying to get you to understand. But that's the thing. You have to go back to the Bible. And why do you think about all of the promises of God are what? Yes. Before you ask, yes. Amen means, amen is not religious. Amen means so be it. So before you ask, yes and amen. Lord, I want, yes. Because if I gave you Jesus, it ain't nothing. If I gave you Jesus without you asking. While we were yet sinners, I gave you my son. And I got a problem giving you a car. I got a problem cleaning up your mess. When I killed my son to clean up all your messes. He became sin so that you could be righteous. He became sick so that you could be healed. He became poor, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, so that you could become rich. He took upon our sorrows so we could walk around laughing and have fullness of joy like the scripture says. But, this, but, uh, uh, but down here they tell you, well, you know, it's just normal to be afraid of some stuff. You know, every once in a while you're going to be afraid and depressed. You're not, you can't really have a good day every day. You, re- you really can't be ma- happy all of the time being married with the same woman. Somebody like, well, I need some prayer in that particular area. But they can turn around. It's possible. It's all about mentality. Oh, man. Mark eleven twenty two. I'm cut this. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe, that's the key, it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, here it goes. You can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. Maybe not immediately, but it'll be yours. Maybe not the next day, but it's coming. We may have to get you in a position to receive this because it won't even fit into your house. But it's coming. But just remember... What a hold it up is when you're praying, make sure that you forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against because that's what will cancel the order. So you see two things there to get anything, faith and forgiveness. And sometimes, guess, do you know when he said forgive, do you know, do you know the biggest person that sometimes you have to forgive is yourself? Because if you don't forgive yourself of your past mistake, it's not coming. So, again, we just opened this. Y'all can tell this is going to be a wonderful month. Uh, you know, the, the people at this church, they get much manifestation without teaching on the supernatural. So I can only imagine 
But that's y'all, it's just really, really, just remember this. We are in the midst of two natural worlds at the same time. And one world that's natural, it naturally, this world naturally does things a particular way and it has limitations. That world naturally does things a particular way and it has no limitations. When you give your life to Christ, you become a member of that world. And that while you're down here in this lower world, if you can tap into that world by faith, they will make your world become that world. That's why Jesus prayed prayers that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I can do this all day, folks. It's all throughout the Bible. But see, religion tricks you out of that. Religion tells you, no, brother, you know, we just got to. I don't even know what you're going to church for. You know, I just you ever think about that? You're like. Okay, I was going to that church all these years, and what did we learn? How many testimonies did we hear? And no, we were just kind of showing up and having coffee and a few donuts before service. And you know, you see the married couples holding each other during worship, and and you kind of sit there and you just kind of do it because that's what you were told to do. She wasn't learning nothing. You know, stuff is supposed to be controversial. When you're a part of something that's living, it's, it's controversial. It's supposed to be some mess. You got to, ch- when you're when you operating for real, you got to chastise yourself and, and get yourself back on track. And, and, ooh, I tried this and almost blew myself up. Let's try this. It's supposed to be that testimony. You know why? Because God is like, he, he didn't say that he wouldn't turn your situation around if you did it right. See, you're programmed to say, okay, I tried this and it didn't work. Now I'm $5,000 in debt. And in your mind, God wants you now to, to kind of marinate in that debt and think about how stupid you were. But see, no good parent would do that. No good parent would do that. If I ask all of the parents in here right now, you know good and well that somebody blessed you with a million dollars. You're taking your kids out. They ain't been doing nothing you told them to do. and You're still taking them out. Hearing that old stupid song about Santa Claus, come on, see who naughty or nice. Just throw that thong in the trash. Your child acted a fool all day. You still trying to go into debt to get them a gift. Why? Natural. Not based on mistakes. Natural. Not based on what you got A, B's, or C's. Natural. And then God said this. Now, if you know how to do that for your children, See, they preaching my sermons now. They about to make, they, they preaching. I'm about to start saying amen and shout. Because when you start getting it, you're like, we've been tricked out of some things. And the ones stand up here been doing the tricking. Well, they driving big cars sometimes. And they got big houses sometimes. And they living off the money that you give. You understand? We're about to turn this into traditional black Baptists up in here in a second. But I'm just keeping it. So everybody else is doing that. I was just sitting there like. And the problem is you think you're crazy. Because you don't see anything different. I'm just like, okay, Jesus said this. And you said that. And, and, and Jesus said this. But you said that's not really what he meant. But if that's not really what he meant, then why did he say it? And then why do you have. He, he ever noticed that. 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 You ever notice that in the scripture, why is it that all of the stories about the supernatural? Why is it from Genesis to Revelation, every story that they're telling you is about how to get increase, how to get manifestation. 
you got a few stories in there about men who just did it the wrong way and didn't repent and they were destroyed. That's a warning for you to repent so that we can bless you. But we quote them scriptures. I'm the head and not the tail. And I'm above and not beneath. And your tail been dragging for the last 30 years. I don't have time for that. That's called a waste of time for me to come to church and hear this for 20 years and nothing changes. What am I coming for? I'm going to give you money to teach me how to fail? See, only... Oh, man, I'm not even supposed to be on that. I'm just off right now, but I'm not. I'm off and on at the same time. But, no, but, but I want you to think about how crazy it is for you to go to a restaurant where you don't like the food and you keep on paying them to feed you. You go to the store and, 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 and you buy, buy a dress, and, and every time you buy a dress from the store, it rips as soon as you get home. And you keep on going there to buy dresses. It's just, but that's what religion tells you to do. Keep on coming. Even though you ain't learning nothing. <laughs> and then fight against the churches that's teaching people how to do it. And so unfortunately, in this type of war, unfortunately, you fight the enemy and you fight your friends at the same time. That's what Jesus did. How many times you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, him fighting against sinners? He was fighting against the ones who were leading his temples. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to bring no peace. He said, it's not going to happen. He said, as a result of me, Jesus Christ, he said, the members of your own household will be your enemies. And so if you want to tap into this stuff, you got to get ready for your center friends and your religious friends to both call you crazy. I mean, I, I never will forget the first time I taught that message on New Year's Eve and the title was We Are Gods. And I never will forget that couple that walked up to me and say, sir, we have to leave this church because we just think that's out of order. I said, but I just gave you 50 million scriptures. How can you be a son of God and not be one? Is the son of a bird a donkey? Is the child of a cat a monkey? Is the child of an eagle a bat? Why? Every seed reproduces after its own kind. And so that's why when you were before B.C., before Christ, before you were saved, they just had one label for you, sinner. But as soon as you become born again, all your labels change. They call you a son of God. And remember what Jesus said? Here's the sad part. The religious leaders got ready to stone Jesus. And Jesus is so slick. He said, now, I've done many miracles. Which one are you going to stone me for? That made them stop for a second. They said, for a miracle, we stone you not. While we're stoning you, why we're stoning you is the reason why we're stoning you is because you said that God is your father, which makes you equal to God. And then Jesus said, didn't I say that y'all were gods? And that's the main thing that religion does not want to receive. How can you be a son of God without being one? But see, witchcraft is preferred to this so much. You now call it a cult to call yourself. Now, don't go around telling people you are God because they ain't going to understand that. So just use son of God. But your label change, son of God, yes. priest, ambassador, yes. king, lord, yes. still trying to figure this out, more than a conqueror. Yes. See, see what happens? See, when you are a part of the lower realm, it's common sense to only have one label. When you become a part of the super realm, your labels become super. And you become everything we are, because once you become a born again Christian, can't nobody define you and label you. You too much. Yes, yes, 
and help you understand what you are. We got to give you all of these labels to help you understand who you really are. And, and, And when you really think about it, when you look, if you are a son of God, if you are a Lord and you are a king and you are a priest and you're more than a conqueror, I'm trying to understand how one of those individuals is supposed to be poor, let alone if you were all five. One of those individuals can't be afraid, let alone if you all five. One of those individuals can't be weak, let alone all five. So we not if just one, you're supposed to be rich, you're supposed to be healed, you're supposed to be operating in boldness, you're supposed to be operating in wisdom. If you're just one and he called you all five? And we're supposed to look like these fools in the world. No, I don't think so. Call you a king. And he says, yeah, you're a king. Just remember, Jesus, I'm the king of kings. How you the king of kings? They know the kings. And he said, I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord of lords. Are you a Lord of lords? And they know the lords. And you God's children. I'm just I'm trying. I'm trying to help you understand recognizing who you are based on your father. And for some of you, that may be hard because your father was not there, but they were just a surrogate in the first place. They weren't your real parents. They just carried your physical body. The real you came from heaven. You understand what I'm saying? So understand that sometimes our parents messed up and they do things wrong and they weren't there, even their abuse, but they were just the parents of your physical body. They are not the parents of the real you. That's why Jesus said, if your father and mother reject you, I'll take you up because I'm your real father in the first place. So you better start tapping into him because even if you got good parents, they still low. So so you're going to have to tap your identity into I'm God's. See, you've been calling yourself God's child from a religious point of view. You know, we just all God's children. You got to go home and look in the mirror and say, I'm a child of the one who sits on the throne. That's my father. The one who knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, who never had a start and will never have an end. That's my father. That, and I got a, the Bible says Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So Jesus is, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like if you're, if, uh, like for example, one of my sisters, she's a member of this church. Well, she's my sister, but I'm also her pastor. So Jesus is your Lord, but he's also your older brother. You know what, why he calls him your brother? Because both of y'all got the same father. So if both of y'all got the same father, uh, uh, let me get this right now. If a little birdie birdie has two kids, <laughs> both birds are supposed to know how to fly. Both birds eat worms. Both birds going to wake you up in the morning when you're still trying to sleep. Why? Because both birds came from the same father or mother, whatever you want to do. I'm not messing it up. So, so if Jesus is your brother and both of y'all got the same father, I'm trying to figure out why you can't do what he did. Because religion tricked you out of that. And as soon as they hear this message, they're going to attack me. That's what the whole gunfire thing, I forgot to tell you the manifestation of the dream. The whole gunfire was just the Lord said, a whole bunch of people are getting ready to start attacking you from all directions. That way you're going to easily be able to, to shut them down. Amen. You know why? You can't do a thing against the truth. 
You can fight the truth all you want to. It's like you're out there in front of Mount Everest throwing a pebble. Boom! I command you to fall down. The mountain didn't even know it got hit. Anyway. It's the time that we're living in. You got to put these people in check. You know? You might resist you. I tell people, please stop. I've had to do that a couple times. Please stop. I've had to bear people, please don't attack this. Please don't attack this. You ask for your life to attack this. And if you're not dead yet, it's only because God have mercy on you. You can't attack something like this. This thing was birthed in fire. Hallelujah. It's too much holiness up in this place. We don't, we, we, we high level holiness and, and, and high level humility. Hallelujah. Walking in great power, but carry ourselves like we ain't nobody. You can't fool with a place like that. You just can't. But y'all even know they ain't going to listen. That was bad English. It just sounds better. I got to start speaking better now that I'm on television and everything. But they ain't going to listen. It sounds better. You just, But it doesn't sound right. I got to get better. I can speak well on purpose, but I just don't like to. <laughs> All right. We're just going to read this and to be done. I'm going to cut it off after just reading this, okay? So, because I went way over. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 27. This is very important. This is my last point. Because super, to help you understand why Satan tries to pull you into sin so that the supernatural won't work. So we're going to read this full story. Naaman went with his, this is a king who had leprosy, an incurable disease back then. So someone told him there's a prophet that can heal you. And so the prophet went to, I mean, this king went to the prophet's door. And so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elijah's house. But Elijah sent a messenger onto him with his message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. When your skin, or then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Since the term, don't press past the supernatural trying to be spectacular. I expected him to do it. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and the Abana and the Parpa better than any of the rivers of Israel? So not only did he send a servant, but he then told him to go jump in a dirty river. God is always trying to prove to you I can do anything. And to prove that, I have to, make, I have to do it in such a way where you think it won't work. Okay? Why shouldn't I wash them then and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. But his offers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, would you have done it? Because the Bible says, don't be moved away from the simplicity that's in Jesus Christ. So you should certainly obey him when he said simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. And then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. But Elijah replied, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elijah refused because there is a time to receive and it's a time not to, particularly as a leader. Um, uh, But then Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place and I'll take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the God Ramon to worship, and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow too. Um, in other words, he was saying, I, I don't want to worship false gods, he said, but I work for a king. 
I work for another higher king, and sometimes I have to assist him in his temple, and we both have to bow. He said, that's my job. Just know that when I bow, I'm not bowing in my heart. That's what he was saying. Okay. Go in peace, Elijah said. So Naaman started home. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said to himself, my master should not have let this man get away without taking any money. Surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. And when Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. Is everything all right? The king asked. Yes, Gehazi said. But, now he's lying, my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like 75 pounds of silver. What does it got to do with two people that just arrived? He would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give to them. By all means, take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He's so happy to get healed, he don't even realize it's a trick. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Elijah. He could, it's so much money, he couldn't carry it. When they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside his house. When he went to his master, Elijah asked him, where you been, Gehazi? I haven't been anywhere, he replied. But Elijah asked him, don't you realize that I was there in the higher realm? When Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you, you forgot, son, I'm connected to the realm that gives me the ability to know and see afar. It's crazy. He said, is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, male and female servants? Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. And when Gehazi left the room, he was covered in leprosy and his skin was white as snow. When you operate in sin, you are affecting the generation around you and the one that's coming behind you. Okay. Now, you, you see that story about the man that he sinned. Okay. But I just want to give you a backdrop to a story to let you know that this was already in his heart. And it showed up, but no one, maybe the prophet already knew, but the Gehazi tried to do something and it didn't work. So let's look at that and then we'll be done. This is another story. Uh, the prophet came to town and a woman did something for the prophet. She set him up a room and a house and everything because she was, had money to do that. And so she was so kind to him. The prophet said, what do you want me to do for you? She says, well, I don't want anything. He said, but he knew her heart because he knew everything. He said, uh, he said, no, I know you want a child. So this time next year, you gonna have a baby. And she said, don't play with me. Don't play with me like that because I really do want one. How many know, don't promise someone something and you're not going to give it to them. That hurts more. So we pick up the story there. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, 15, call her back again, Elijah told him. When the woman returned, Elijah said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. At that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elijah had said. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and the mother held him in her lap. And around noontime, he died. Always remember this. Anything God gives you is always going to be attacked by the devil. Okay? And let's finish the story here. So the boy died, and she said, see, see, now what God promised me is now taking a negative turn. And so she had the servant saddle her donkey 
she ran to go meet the prophet. And we pick up with that story and ended in 2 Kings 4.28. She said, did I ask you for a son? You came up. I told you, don't be playing with me. Because she didn't ask him for a son. He said, you're going to have a baby because I know you want one. She said, did I ask you for a son? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elijah said to, to, to Gehazi, now this is the man who sinned later. Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and simple. Lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. Now keep in mind here that the prophet just gave his servant an instruction to raise the boy from the dead. He had no intention on going. But the woman said, mm -mm, he didn't provide the miracle last time. You did. So she said, I'm not going back unless you come with me. So this lets you know he had no intention on going because the instruction was supposed to work. Y'all with me? So Elijah returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face. But nothing happened. You want to know why? The supernatural does not work in the hands of sinful men. You have sins in your actions. You have sins in the heart. And this man had become sinful. It came out greatly. It always starts small, but it came out greatly with another assignment in the future when he heard the prophet say, it's not time for me to receive money. I don't care if you give me half your kingdom, you can keep it. And then the man left his leader, went and hunted the man down, told him a lie to get finances, then came back and lied to his leader. Why? Because he had become sinful. But it was already there. And that's why when the prophet gave him an instruction, it didn't work. Because sin short circuits the supernatural, particularly if you are a son of God. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elijah and told him the child is still dead. And when Elijah, it's a good thing. She, see, the woman knew. See, the women always know, boy. She, she might have even seen something in this boy. You know, women know that type of stuff. I know you like him, but I'm telling you, your friend is the devil. So she probably looked at his eye and said, I sense darkness in you, like Darth Vader. I sense darkness in you. She said, I know you sent him. I have a feeling this is not going to work. You need to come. And I'm not leaving unless you come. Thank God she did that. Okay. So Elijah arrived, and the child indeed was dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone. Now, he, now because the simple formula didn't work because of sin, now he got to come up with a formula. Based on the instruction of the Holy Ghost, I'm assuming. Then he went in alone, shut the door behind him, and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. As he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elijah got up, walked back and forth across the room once, then stretched himself out on the, again on the child. And this time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Hey. I just gave you that. Sometimes you have to read a long story to get one simple point. And the simple point is, is that when you're on the dark side, it will work for you a little bit more fluently because you're on the dark side. But that it has a limit. When you switch over to the kingdom of light, it's unlimited. But because you're in the kingdom of light, if there is darkness in you, it will limit your abilities. Which is why Satan always wants to pull you into sin because he knows it short circuits you. And little simple things now don't work. And then you get mad at God. When actually it was you and Satan. Raise your hand if you've been there and do some jumping jacks up in this piece and do your karate master style because you know you have been there before. 
That's just how it is. So, so that's why the Bible talks about being sober and, and vigilant. And if you have a brand new car on a perfect road and it's a straight road, you got to constantly make adjustments every day. If you don't make these type of adjustments that I'm doing right here with the steering wheel, you'll crash in a matter of 20 seconds on a perfect road in a brand new car. You got to always make adjustments. Okay. So I just wanted to give you those examples. Remember, there is no such thing as Chinese food. They're like, what? Are you hungry or something? Well, I am, but in China, they don't call it Chinese food. They call it food. It's all food, but because it's different food than what you naturally eat, you add a prefix to it and call it Chinese. In China, they call our food American food. We don't say, let's go to an American restaurant today. <laughs> let's go get something to eat because it's food. See, but when something is different, you add a label to it. You understand what I'm saying? So, so it's the same way is that heaven is not really supernatural. It's just naturally different. But because it's different, we then attached super to it. The kingdom of heaven did not. We attached that word. Supernatural. Why? The same way that everything happens a particular way down here is the same way that though the one law of heaven is nothing is impossible. So that's when, when you connected to yourself, what did Jesus say? All things are possible to them that believe. Why? You're connected to a different realm. And you don't believe that. And because you don't believe it in its fullness, you don't get the manifestation in its smallness. But when you look at the stuff that these people did in scripture, this was some helter skelter, freaky deaky stuff that some of these people did. This was some crazy. How are you going to sit up there and tell the sun to stop moving so you can keep on killing people? Because it wasn't based on killing people. It was based on the command. And if you can learn how to start giving commands without common sense, if you can say, you know what? Y'all, y'all got to remember something. God only sees the moment. He does not see the past. He only sees you what you are. When he forgives you and cleanses you from all unrighteousness, heaven then looks at the situation and said, are they cleansed? Yes. Are they righteous? Yes. Do they have a past? No. Then why are they poor? Why are they in debt? Why are they sick? Why are they depressed? Why do they not have their needs met according to our riches and glory? Not their riches, according to our riches and glory. But you got to follow the instructions. You got to keep the commandments because you can be short-circuiting your own results because of your mentality. So guess what I tell you? That's what I always tell people to start with. I always tell people, you know, see, here's, here's the sad part. I'm done now. But here's the sad part. In the world, they teach you to do things called, um, what do we do at our house? Your office is full of them. Vision boards. They teach you to do vision boards. You know, and most, not most, but many of you have seen the movie called The Secret. Where they just, they, they, the law, of, it's called the law of attraction. What you focus on, more will come. Y'all be like, oh, that's a cultist. That's Antichrist. No, it's not. It's the Bible. And they took Jesus off of it. The first rule of the law of attraction is to ask. The second rule is to be detailed in what you ask. The third rule of the law of attraction is to believe that you actually have what you ask the universe for. And then would you like to know what the fourth rule is? Be grateful. We call that give God thanks and give him praise for what's coming. All they did was steal it from the Bible. And guess what? It works because they're not two supernaturals. It's only one. And you can take it and go all the way or you can take it and twist it. 
for your own advantage. And it's a dangerous thing to start getting manifestation while you reject Jesus. And so they will tell you, you don't need Jesus. Look at what you can produce. So God needs for his sons and his daughters to operate at a higher level. I know you can do this, but you can't do this, can you? And then they try it. It doesn't work. Well, let them know. Well, maybe then we do need Jesus because the Jesus people seem to be able to do stuff that we can't do. That's how you get them. And today, talk is cheap. They don't get everybody talking. If you don't show these people something, that's why I love to talk about the whole deliverance side. Because they get, when they get to fooling with demons, they say, no, no, y'all can have that. It's amazing how you get their attention. You know, you have to hold back. You can't be scaring these people. You tell them some of the stuff that you do and some of the stuff that we deal with. You're like, that's crazy. That's the stuff in the movies. I know what we do is killing what you see in the movies. But see, they got no ideas that the Catholic priest go up with a little cross. holding a little raggedy Bible at the same time. And, and, and then the cross burns up in his hand. He blown, no, no. <laughs> That's Hollywood. As my father say, Hollywood. Okay, so I'm encouraging you to do, go home and write down everything. God does not answer big or small. He answers. I did this with a couple and they had not heard from their uncle in years. Had no idea where he was or if he was even living. I said, write it down. Uncle contacted them in three weeks. If you don't act, see, down here, well, it's kind of unnatural to be able to find somebody you don't know where they are. Up there, we already know where he is. We just put some connections in place and supernaturally, bam, you see him on the news. Write down everything because guess what? Down here in the natural realm, you're not used to writing down everything. Everything. I don't care if it's a shopping spree. I don't care if it's a question about something that happened with your grandmother. I don't care if it's something, why is my stuff not working? Why is this person doing this on the job? What are the keys to advancing my company? Lord, I have a business and I want it to double next year. Write that down. And, then, and guess what I do? Before we give it, get over into everything else, guess what I have people do? Get up every single morning. And you want to pray about other things. But with that, you look at it and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. For all of these things that I wrote down, and sometimes you need to read it, okay? You see it, and it gets in you. Father, I thank you for all of this. Father, I thank you. Because you watch this, folk. You ask one time, and then give God thanks that you already have it. And, 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 and this is where praying in tongues comes in. I teach people, after you do that, pray in tongues with, your, of course, your heart and your mouth. But then use your mind to visualize it coming to pass. Pastor McKinley of Divine Generations Church, he said something that was so good. He said, whenever you have asked God for a thing, he said, after that, constantly daydream about the ways you think God is going to do it. And after you have gone through about 30 million daydreams, he'll do it a different way to show you he don't never have to do it the way that you're going to do it. Because God loves to surprise his children. You didn't know I could do this, did you, right there? Bam. I mean, no, God has surprised you big time. You use that family member to bless me? I thought they were dead. Yeah, I resurrected them from the dead so they could just bless. The Lord will do some amazing stuff. And that's why there's no scripture in the Bible that says what you can't ask for. It only says one thing. All things are possible to them that believe. So guess what? You believe you can only ask for this much, you'll get this much because that's where your belief is. But if you're crazy enough to believe me for some crazy stuff, you might not be ready to receive it, but it's still going to be put in motion. 
we're going to pack it on the trucks and this won't even fit in your house. So we'll have to put you in a position to get a bigger house. I'm speaking, you know, symbolic here, but I'm saying, I'm saying your capacity to get what you asked for is not there. So we're going to pack it on the truck. And while it's headed there, we're going to increase your capacity. You're going to have to meet people. You might have to go back to school. You might. I understand that you want a multi-million dollar business. Well, this might be required for you to read some books. This might require you to listen to Dave Ramsey all day to get your mind right so that you don't. You know what I'm saying? It's never no. Is that what you asked for? Okay. well, you got to prepare yourself. See, watch this. How do I write all this stuff down in detail? Write all this stuff down in detail. And then as it comes to pass, check it off. It's going to be real difficult for the devil to trick you out of what your heavenly father does when you start looking at the checks. Okay. Last story that I'm out. When I joined the church years ago, I came over to charismatic circles. There was a friend of mine named Lance. He had just given his life to Christ. And one day I was at the house. Show you how this works sometimes. I was at the house. And all of a sudden I just felt this strong urge to go to this particular store that made suits. And get this guy a gift certificate so he could buy some suits. I did not talk to him about suits. We didn't talk about clothing. And I really did. We became friends, but I really didn't know him like that. He was at the church, so we had kind of, you know, just spoken. And, and so, so I went, got the gift certificate. I think it might have been to the men's warehouse. And well, I can't remember the amount. You know, it wasn't $50. I go overboard when I bless people. Because I want to I get it overboard when it comes back. And so, so I gave him the gift certificate. And this is before iPads and iPhones and stuff. And, and I'll never forget it. And uh, I said, hey, man, I was just praying. And I just really was impressed that the Lord wanted me to give you this gift certificate. And, and I'll never forget this. This is why I learned to give people a list. He's like, oh, wow, that's wonderful. He said, hold on a second. He opened up his Bible and then drew a line through something. I said, what's that? He said, oh, he said, I just wanted God to prove himself to me. He said, so I just created this laundry list of all of the things that I wanted him to do, all of the things I wanted him to answer, and all of the things I wanted to bless him with. He said, it's happening so fast, I can't hardly keep up with it. And so he said, I wanted to get a certain amount of suits so I could dress up when I come to the house of God. He said, so this is the answer, so I'm just checking it off. He created lists, okay? He couldn't, he couldn't answer the list himself, so God spoke to somebody to answer money to answer his, you know what I'm saying? When you write this stuff down, who is God going to start talking to? But see, in your mind, you have created possibilities based on what the market says. And God is not into the market. If he was in charge, he would have never created the market in the first place. You know what I'm saying? He is the market. Kevin's testimony. He shared publicly. Lord gave, gave his wife a dream. Do this with your finances and your expensive house will be paid off in two or three years. I think it might have been three years. Two? Two years. Kevin said he did the math on the lower round. No, no. Uh-uh. No, this is impossible right here. Uh, I ain't doing this because God don't know what he's talking about because, you know, we live, we the ones living on this system and he gave me this formula to do this with my money. This is not going to happen. He said this is literally impossible. So he said he, he didn't do it for three months. Ben, how many of you know you get to doing something and then you're like, well, he is God. I didn't create no planet. I didn't have no air in my laboratory that I give people and charge them based on an hourly basis or nothing like that. I can barely keep my car straight in the lane. So maybe I should better. I better go ahead and do this. So he decided to obey. And even though he got started three day, three months late, paid the house off in two months. I'm sorry, paid the house off in two years. 
One of the ways he did it, when he obeyed, God <laughs> breathed on some investments. <laughs> oh, he, you want the house to get paid off? I gave you a dream to follow this instruction. But see, you want to you wanna go jump in a river that's real clean. Just jump in the river I tell you to jump. And some people are going to ask because they don't believe God will give them an instruction like that. And I'm guilty myself. I got sort of caught up in ministry. My wife and I were looking at stuff. We need to get to asking again. We need to manifest some stuff quick. You understand what I'm saying? But that's what he did. He, and then obeyed God three months late. So guess what? His disobedience and mistake and slowness was built into the equation. As soon as he obeyed, see, God, God will make the entire stock market go up for a day just for you. There are some folk that they get rich because God wanted to get you rich. They just got the benefit because they were in the same investment as you were. You understand what I'm saying? You, this is all in the Bible. <sighs> Blew it. House paid off. So I can see y'all heads twirling right now. Oh, I got some stuff I got to work on, Reverend. Cancel the service. Let's go. Get up. Let's stand up. Let's go ahead and stand. This is how Christianity becomes alive. For you to write things down, don't know how God is going to do it, and then it happens in a way that you had never imagined. That's crazy. Okay? So let's lift our hands for a moment. Let's give God thanks and praise. And to be honest with you, some of you need to ask God to forgive you for not asking because you didn't trust in his ability to provide it. A real good father gets joy out of giving his children nice things. Okay? And sometimes people feel that way about God because their natural father maybe was stingy. Okay? But you got to reject that. You got to find out who is this man that calls himself my father? And what is he willing to do for me? And when you look at what he did for others in scripture, how he made men millionaires overnight. How he bent the planet backwards to give someone something simple. How instead of you having to go buy another axe, he suspends the laws of nature and an axe head swims all by itself back to the surface. Why? Because a man asks. And when God does these things for you, they're like, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's natural for us to do anything for you. And you've been exercising faith in, Lord, please do it for me because maybe my request is out the ordinary. Maybe my request is abnormal and so because you see it as abnormal you won't exercise faith simply because it's natural no one thinks it's abnormal to go to the store and just buy apples why you don't go in there in fear and trembling everybody understands that the grocery store sells apples normal natural so you just go in there and do it and when you learn to exercise your faith that God will give you anything the same way that you go in the store and just buy apples. It'll be real easy if you understand that God wants to do this for you because it's natural. What's unnatural is for you to not ask. What's unnatural is for you to live low. What's unnatural is for you to live down here differently than how they live up there. That's what's unnatural. And that's why Jesus said, I pray that your will will be done in heaven. I'm sorry. Your will will be done in earth as it already is in heaven.
I know that I'm way over. I really had planned to mend earlier because we got other meetings and trainings and stuff. But the Holy Spirit just brought up one last story and then it will just dismiss. It's a story of a girl in Africa. And some missionaries were there. It's crazy. Some missionaries were there telling these kids about Jesus and God. And the little African girl asked the missionary, you know, because this is a more of a remote part where it's great poverty. And the little girl said to the missionary, do you think God can do anything? And the missionary said, yeah, I believe he can do anything. She says, well, I've heard about baby dolls in America. Do you believe that if I ask God for a baby doll from America, that he would give me one? You know, and the missionary was just, you know, you know, you're just talking to a child. So you're not really in faith like the child. So the missionary is like, absolutely. I suggest that you go pray, ask God for a baby doll. And, and even tell him what type that you want. And the little girl did that. And the baby doll came in a package the next day that had been shipped three months earlier. Remember what that scripture said? I answer before you call normal. We already know what you want. You just have not asked. That's the type of stuff God will do. I got thousands of testimonies like that. I want you to think about that. God says, well, we know she's going to ask. We don't want the child because hope deferred makes the heart sick. If what you ask for takes too long, you'll lose faith. And we want to reveal ourselves to that little girl. So we know she's going to ask. So what we'll do is We'll have some American people that are packing food. And, and the people that were, the, 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 the baby doll came in a box with food in it. And when somebody packed the food, they were led to throw this baby doll in there. I'm teary out because just God is beyond good. Maybe not. God saw the future. Said so, had him put that baby doll in there. And we know it'll take three months to get there. And we've calculated it because we know how long it's going to take that box to get there. And it'll show up. The day after the girl asked. It's the type of stuff that God wants to do for us. But we ask, but then we let Satan challenge us. We then ask and then do something stupid and then think God changed his mind because you did something stupid. Because it's natural down here for people to change their mind when you do something stupid. But up there, God said, I change not. It's going to be a good month. I can tell we... We might all have Lamborghinis and, and rocket ships after this is over. Y'all know what I'm saying? We're, gonna be, we're not even going to walk in the sanctuary. Just, just carry me in on our pillow because I'm just trying to help you understand what the devil has done through religion. He's tricked you out of the gifts that your Heavenly Father wants to give you. I mean, think about it. Last day, Jesus makes a promise. I mean, th think about what Jesus said right before he left the planet. Um, Father, I'm praying that they may be one as we are. I'm praying that your will be done down there like it is up here. And he tells everybody, Live, because we got mansions for you on the other side. But God is the same yesterday and day forever and got mansions for you to live in eternity. But they want you to suffer now. Makes no sense. And God will do some stuff for you that'll scare. It'll scare you. I'm telling you. So I'm waiting for all the testimonies. I hope I can get mine first. But we'll see. Y'all glad y'all came to church today?
message was an example of me asking. 